Thank you for joining us here at His Hardline. You can find us at www.hisheartline.com. With God at the driver's seat, I am Jason, your co-host. You're listening to 1% or less with him. Let's get started. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Friday. It is April 8th, 2022, and I hope you all had a wonderful week, and I hope uh, the work week treated you all well, and you got a good, enjoyable, relaxing weekend ahead of you here. Today on 1% or Less with Him, we are going to be reading out of the book of Deuteronomy again. We're going to be reading chapter 9, verses 1 through 6, and we're going to read the devotional for that as well after the first reading. And so we're going to start with the reading first, and then we'll get into the devotional. So, chapter 9, 1 through 6, unmerited success. And it reads, Hear, O Israel, you are now about to cross the Jordan to enter in and dispossess nations greater and stronger than yourselves, having large cities fortified to the heavens, the Anakim, a people great and tall. You yourselves know of them and have heard it said of them, who can stand up against the Anakim? Know then today that it is the Lord your God who will cross over before you as a consuming fire, He it is who will destroy them and subdue them before you, so that you can dispossess and remove them quickly, as the Lord promised you. After the Lord your God has driven them out of your way, do not say in your heart, It is because of my justice the Lord has brought me in to possess this land. And because of the wickedness of these nations, the Lord is dispossessing them before me. No. It is not because of your justice or the integrity of your heart that you are going in to take possession of their land, but it is because of their wickedness that the Lord, your God, is dispossessing these nations before you. And in order to fulfill the promise he made on oath to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, know this. Therefore, it is not because of your justice that the Lord your God is giving you this good land to possess, for you are a stiff-necked people. And that is the reading of chapter 9, 1 through 6. I do want to go back here for a minute. I love this because where it says in, what verse did I see? I love this. Where it says, well, kind of with verse 3, I guess, where it says, Know then today that it is the Lord your God who will cross over before you as a consuming fire. He it is who will destroy them and subdue them before you so that you can dispossess and remove them quickly as the Lord promised you. That is what we're seeing and what we're going to be going through in this nation. We have had a lot of despots and a lot of tyrannical individuals in our government. And this isn't meant to be a political show. Make no mistake. I'm going to make that very clear. But it is no secret that our government is definitely not working for us. It doesn't matter what side you're on. Both sides are the same. They're different faces of the same coin. Both of them only self-serving their own interest, and quite frankly, 
destroying the American people. We are seeing an awakening going on in this nation. And there are things happening. And as more people wake up to what's really happening and to see that the reality that we once knew is fading away because it was a reality based on illusion, we are starting to realize that we have been had. And God is moving ahead of us. And his will is being carried out, not just by him himself, but also by his people. We have many issues in this nation, and a lot of it is big part. A lot of it is because God has been pushed out of this nation, not because of the people, but because of the institutions that are supposedly working for the people. And they're not working for the people. Those are the evil ones. Those are the demons in D.C. But God is going to return this land back to a blessed land, make no mistake. Now let's get into the devotional here. And remember, there's a morning and an evening one, so I'm reading both because I like both. So we're going to just treat it as an all-in-one. But back to Deuteronomy 9. This part of the devotion is titled The Great Leap, and we're going to read Deuteronomy 9, verse 4 again, where it says, Do not think in your heart after the Lord your God has cast them out before you, saying, Because of my righteousness, the Lord has brought me in to possess this land, but it is because of the wickedness of the nations that the Lord is driving them out from before you. Notice that the scripture says in your heart. It is in the heart that we puff ourselves up. The mirror of our ego tells us that we are the fairest of all. And we secretly kiss our hand. Our conceit is such foolishness. And its catalyst is usually the praise of others. If we were stranded alone on an island, I doubt if we would bother to dress to impress. But that's what we tend to do. We we are worried about what others think of us rather than what God thinks. Conceit is just foolish fluff. And until we transfer it over to our salvation, the moment that we think we are worthy of salvation, we put ourselves in great jeopardy. This is why the moral law is so important. It puts the cup of salvation on the other side of the wildest or the widest part of the Grand Canyon and says, don't even think about making that jump. And the little one line prayer at the bottom says, Father, this day my thoughts will only be of grace and how it saved me. Now to the evening. Um devotional, excuse me, I was a little lost for the word there for a moment, where it talks about the logical conclusion. And we're going to read a verse out of Psalm 42, verse 9. And it reads, I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? 
Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? And that is Psalm 42, 9. Many believe there cannot be a God because the world is such a mess. There's too much suffering, and but theirs is a nonsensical argument. Imagine that you purchased a, a Lamborghini and you boasted to your friends how well it was made. But when driving it, the brakes failed, and you crashed into a group of pedestrians causing great injuries and suffering. How illogical would it be for you to then conclude that because there was so much suffering, no one made the Lamborghini? The logical conclusion is that something went wrong with the brakes. We know there's a maker because of creation, but to look at suffering in the world and conclude that there's no maker is foolish. Makes sense. The logical conclusion is that something is radically wrong with the world, which is what the Bible says. We have sinned against God and live in a fallen creation. And the prayer, one line prayer there is, Father, thank you for your word and for the knowledge it gives me. I want to kind of go back and touch on what the author was talking about here. I love what they said here where it says, we know there's a maker because of creation. And I can speak on that because it was the other day we went to the Creation Museum. Boy, what a wonderful thing that was. Check that out. That's in Covington, not Covington, but it's outside Covington, uh, Kentucky here. The Creation Museum. I forgot the exact town, but what a wonderful place to check out. But it, again, it says that to look at suffering in the world and conclude that there is no maker is foolish, just like with the Lamborghini thing, right? Like with where the author, author was talking about, you know, a Lamborghini and then the brakes failing and then going into a, a group of pedestrians causing great injuries and suffering. And then, you know, again, talking about the, you know, how illogical it would sound for you then to conclude that, well, because there was so much suffering, no one made that Lamborghini. That's stupid. And the same thing with, with, with the world, right? We know there's a maker because of the creation, but to look at the suffering in the world and conclude that there is no maker is just simply stupid and foolish. And so the logical conclusion is that something is radically wrong with the world, which there is. There is so much wrong with the world. But again, the Bible says, because we have sinned against God, we live in a fallen creation. And I mean, I say this all the time to my coworker, Matthew. I say this to my wife. I say this to other people that I have deep conversations about, you know, with rel relation to this topic. I often say, my gosh, I really hate living in this world because this world is so messed up. The world is so messed up. But it's because... We live in a fallen world. It's a fallen creation. And because it's fallen doesn't mean that there was no creator. Doesn't mean we have the right to say, oh, well, there's no God. That's why all this stuff is happening, because there's no God. No, that's false. At the end of the day, This is why within this fallen world, we 
do our best to not only occupy this land that falls within the geographical coordinates of this world, but it is also our duty to expand God's kingdom. And how do we do that? Well, through acts of kindness, through doing podcasts like this. And I want to encourage those out there who thought about doing a podcast. If you're listening and you've been thinking about doing something like this, do it. Don't sit around, just do it. Go buy a mic, go sign up for an extended Podbean unlimited audio or some other platform, whatever. Podbean's been all right to me lately now. Do it. There's no shortage of people spreading the good news, the good word, and putting out actual truth because in this world right now, we are so hard-pressed to find truth. And right now, I'm pretty convinced no matter what we see, read, hear, on the internet, on the news, whatever, right? No matter where there might be some truth inter, you know, uh, interwoven in all this chaoticness that we're hearing throughout the media, we don't know what the real truth is. The only real source of truth that we're going to be able to get is through the Holy Spirit and to listen and, and, and ask for discernment. That's the only place we're going to be able to get truth. That and reading your Bible. Every day, I invite Christ into my heart. It's like a best friend, right? You invite your best friend over, and then they leave because it's time for them to go home. And they might not come over unless you invite them in, you know, in again. And you invite them again, and then the next day. And then obviously there might be some days where you don't, and then they don't come over, right? Well, with Christ, Christ always wants to come over, and we should always want Christ to come over. But we can't just invite Christ one time and say, okay, you're here for good. Stay in my heart. There you go. Enjoy. That's not how that works. Every day you have to invite Christ in your heart. Every day you have to ask God and ask Jesus Christ, please be in my heart. Please repent. my. You know, I come to you and repent of my sins. Forgive me. But most importantly, please, Jesus Christ, come in my heart. Every day it has to be an invitation. Every day you have to ask Christ to come in your heart. It can't be just a one-up thing. That's not how that works. Just like being saved. Oh, I'm saved that, and I'm good. I'm going to go into heaven. No, that's not how that works. I don't care what anybody believes. And if it comes down to it, when we all die and God pulls me aside and says, Hey, Jason, um, yeah, the whole thing that what you're talking about, yeah, that's not really how that works. Like, yeah, once you're saved, you're good. But you know what? Here's the thing. If that's the case, cool. But the way I see it, it's always a work in progress every single day. It's a fostering and a uh, you're constantly always working at the relationship with Christ and God, right? So the way I see it, it's just like parenting. You never stop parenting. You never stop parenting. It doesn't matter how good the kids are. Kids can listen all the time. You always are in the parent role. And you always have to make sure that you have that role up. Well, just like with Christ and always inviting him in, you always have to put the invitation out there and ask Christ to be in your heart. It never stops. Even though when you think he's still there, you still say it. God, Christ, Jesus, please be in my heart today. I invite you. Be in me. Guide me. Anyway, that's all I got for today. Join me here for a His Hardline discussion, and I will see you all on the other side. Have a blessed night. Thank you.
say thank you again for joining us here at His Hard Line. You just listened to 1% or less with him. Don't forget you can find us at www.hishardline.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Have a blessed day.